0: Hi everyone, this week on Next to Marketing, I spoke with Anna Angelic, author of the book, The Business of Aspiration and a veteran CMO who recently led brand strategy for Banana Republic. Anna used one word to describe the current state of retail in a post COVID world, chaos. And she urged marketers to move faster in figuring out shopping in social video, live video, and eventually virtual worlds. Let's get started.
1: Everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing, presented by AppsFlyer.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Next in Marketing. My guest this week is Ana Angelic. She is one of the leading brand consultants. Most recently, you were... Chief Brand Officer of Banana Republic, you've been named among the uh, top topics advisors to CMOs by Forbes. Anna, welcome to the show. Tell, uh, tell us, tell everybody, what you are up to these days.
1: Um, understanding and teaching fashion and luxury brands. How they can approach, think about, and capitalize on blockchain and cryptocurrency and tokens and NFTs in their business and brand strategies in a way that goes beyond gimmicks, and that's Whoa. quite a big undertaking. <laughs> I did not expect
0: what- you to put those two things together: fashion retailers and and blockchain. <laughs>
1: It's is the way is the way to go, Mike. It's the way to go. And and the, the way that the ownership is changing and the way that the organizations are becoming decentralized and the way that creator economy is emerging is just giving a lot um, to brands to work with. And right. right now there are a lot of tech hurdles in understanding. So the easiest way to do it is to build a skin in 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 Fortnite or whatever in, in right. some metaverse or or to build a virtual collectible or, 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 or a digital asset. But just that's just like a surface, They're just okay. the tip of the iceberg. What is really relevant for brands is how they capitalize on blockchain and cryptocurrency and distributed autonomous organizations to build their membership programs to create incentive to their customers to invest and stay loyal to the brand because you see it's a very basic reason with a third party cookie going away membership and loyalty programs have become incrementally important and the point systems just won't cut it that old school Ways of rewarding, so there. Go
0: ahead. Well, all uh, right, you've 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 thrown me off in a good way on this topic. Um, because I, I was gonna, I'm trying to think of uh, give me a, a, I don't know, a fashion brand like Burberry, let's say. I don't know, I'm I, I'm my, I was gonna say Target. That That's um, but l- <laughs> okay. I, I w- let me play dumb for a second. Why would they, you know, they I'm sure they. Right now, they're pushing e-commerce, and they want to have first-party data, and they want to incentivize. They want to build loyalty programs through special offers. But I'm I'm going to guess that like most of their customers don't use Bitcoin, don't know what an NFT is. Um, why why even bother with this right now? Like, why not push for you know like the lower hanging fruit at this point?
1: Because 20 years ago when Razorfish was like, hey guys, you need a website. Friends <laughs> were saying the same thing.
0: That, that i mean that makes uh, sense
1: it's it, it, it's excellent question it's, it's obviously that's something that i'm thinking about especially being on the brand side for so long from rebecca Minkoff to david Hiram, and, and, and until recently banana republic it was it was obvious that they that, that the game is completely different and the priorities
0: are different. And it, well, historically fashion was kind of slow to digital fair right fair to say
1: absolutely fair to say absolutely fair to say and i think this they, they still are in 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 a great to the great extent
0: right. however
1: what we are seeing in in luxury fashion with with recent dolce gabbana what they did their, their collection with gucci with uh, Rimowa, and so on they're starting to create those digital assets they start they're starting to use metaverse as as a media channel as a distribution channel so that's all like already there. However, to me, that's a very PR gimmicky thing yeah. to think about this completely new economic system. So why would a brand care about that? Is because change happens slowly and that all at once. Right. As you know, first movers usually are the ones that ones that are able to quickly implement the infrastructure, the technology in their organizations and they propel themselves ahead basically of others because you have this entire new generation of customers that are spending time on metaverse
0: well yeah if you were early on streaming or e-commerce this last year and a half you did a lot better than somebody that had to play catch-up for example and
1: for example i mean that's that's a great that's a great point when you look at the dtc brands who, who don't even have physical stores they uh, they've, have been better off in that or even if you were a bank or, a, or like a car company, if you had a, like a website back in the day, right? you're not better off than, than dealing with dealerships and that kind of stuff that slowly, of course, is not going to go away. What I'm talking about here is next five to 10 years. Right. That said, what I'm particularly attracted to is twofold first is. Like, NFTs are a horrible brand name. I mean, non-fungible tokens, even fungibility. Yeah. It's like a economic term. It just means...
0: Yeah, or it strategic. sounds like you look up at WebMD, like, oh, I've, I've got non-fungible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got fungibility. Like fungibility. <laughs> so, you know, so it's just, first of all, speaking about it in 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 a layman language if you will right in the language that that of the business and the brand that that fashion and luxury and lifestyle industries can understand that practitioners marketing practitioners can understand so that is the first one so for me the first priority is to brand those blockchain companies and okay. to tell their stories hey it's not about the technology like I don't know how that works. Like, obviously, you need to know how it works, but you don't need to be like a developer or right, a right. You
0: need to know it at a certain level. Not- you, know,
1: you need to know enough to be intel- intelligently talk about and explain it. But right. at the end of the day, it, they don't talk in terms of benefits. Right. Which means like why is decentralization good for brand if brand becomes say a platform for creators and you connect your physical objects with their digital counterparts. So someone buys an object, get three digital counterparts, so they're already more connected with your brand because then you can trade that and then it can gamify. And then all younger customers are already behaving like that. Right. In that and and then all their customers are are like oh great I didn't know but now I have that that thing and you know that I didn't know I have and maybe tomorrow is going to be more valuable you know or or mm-hmm. maybe you know like or I really really li- I like I really like this look I'm going to invest in that look because if someone buys that look I get something so it's creating new sort of relationships. And that's fascinating to me because as a sociologist, for one, right. and then from business standpoint is like, how do you unlock the new business models? How do you unlock new revenue streams? How do you unlock like, again, greater loyalty, uh, durable customer relation, How do you keep innovating? Where does your, if you release some products as digital for like in as digital assets and no one reacts to them, you kind of know not to use them. But if they react super great, then that's like a test and learn environment. And I'm right. just talking about very incremental uses, about obvious scenarios. What I started with is 10 years from now. It's not incremental innovation. Right, right. Really change of a paradigm, but we're going to wait for that. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't start now.
0: Right. Okay. I have so many questions and I want to come back to like this idea of why centralization is going to be so game changing. But all right, let me play devil's advocate again with... Again, and I'm not Mr. Crypto, but you, you, can, you can make the argument, NFTs, or there are people have made the argument that NFTs feel f- kind of faddish. And that like, you're going it, to, it's going to be like, you know, collectibles, like people have had, there's it's been a big business for collecting, uh, you know, baseball cards or comic books or rare items or, or rare art. rare art has been a huge business, but it hasn't fundamentally changed the rest of the economy. I guess, like, why are NFTs in there, the way we're thinking about them now, at least, like people buying, you know, pandas or rare sports videos that everyone else has seen in other formats, like, why are NFTs gonna last?
1: I don't, first, I think that I agree with you that NFTs are a total gimmick, for one, (laughs) and I think that's the one bubble that's gonna burst now. NFTs are very, very small part of blockchain, of cryptocurrency, and that entire crypto conversation. So when you're
0: thinking about marketing, don't right. limit yourself to this that lens. That's thing.
1: exactly what I started with is like what brands are doing right now are doing the easiest thing. Yeah. They're like, turn a JPEG into an NFT. So, or <laughs> they like, oh, design with Dolce Gabbana, this crown is like, and it's like fab, you know, like, mm-hmm. great, you know, right. <laughs> like, yeah. At the same time, that is not, that is very, very, very small part and very, very limited use. And that use is something that we are familiar with, that brands are familiar with, that customers are familiar with. Oh, yeah, they're like video game characters, and now we have a video game character or we have a special skin, how's the cloth, like how what they're wearing for, for that character or special asset and so on. But that's not what is fascinating in this entire thing. So it's not a media channel, it's not a distribution channel, it's not a gimmick. What it really is, it's a new ownership structure. What does that mean? You get with tokens, NFTs are non fungible tokens, they're fungible tokens that are interchangeable, this is non interchangeable. So you have that for access and that is when things become interesting you can authenticate your own identity authenticate identity of the item or identity of others that unlocks all sorts of gamified environments when everything can be hyper personalized right that is what is very relevant because if you get access to xyz that no one gets and that access can just be personalized content or in store they recognized who you are and it's like imagine client telling but in like blade runner situation
0: okay so because yeah because my mind immediately goes towards well if we're going to be if we're going to be all hanging out in some kind of version of an, a grown-up roblox or fortnite and we're all going to be using have avatars and we're going to have one exclusive exclusive items and brands are going to want to have to have to have create create scarcity and selling things but it it sounds like it's we should think beyond just this the 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 skin aspect the idea that you're going to be able to buy a cool virtual good
1: absolutely i mean imagine if you're a delta flyer right and you you have very discrete tiers one dime silver dime Mm -hmm. silver gold platinum diamond and then you have to it's very like uh, clunky you have to have certain amount of MQMs or certain dollars spent. Imagine if all of that is fractionalized in terms of ownership, so it, everything becomes a continuum. Interesting. And that that is what basically crypto and blockchain allows you to record every single possible action, and so because everything is recorded and everything is on. Un- questionable in that sense it's it's you can forge your own path towards membership you don't need to right now we have a lot of one size fits all
0: right right it's it's a very standard set of tiers and that's it's and it's finite where this is it opens up a totally different set of possibilities
1: absolutely and then you can have like Imagine having a lot of m- micro clubs, micro rewards, micro situations when you get something that that is based on your history, but it's uniquely personalized right. to you or shared with a few like-minded others. So.
0: Interesting. All right, I, I, do, I do want to come back to this topic, but I, we, we kind of just dove right into this, this area <laughs> unexpectedly. I want to back up a little bit. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about like you're you're an author, you've worked with all kinds of different big brands, a lot of, a lot in the fashion world, but not, not exclusively. Give us a little bit about, I know it's hard to sum up your entire career, but give us like kind of how you came up through this business and what kind of projects you've been working on in the last few years. And maybe, and I don't want to get into what you, into your recent book and stuff like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a weekly newsletter, the sociology of, of business and that covers, um, everything from the modern aspirational economy to taste mapping to basically how people what people value and how they spend their money and how they spend their time and how they uh, signal their status and the differentiation from from others and what does that mean for business and brand strategy
0: right so is this fair to say it sounds like like you try and bring some research and science scientific nature to things that are what we what we call branding, which 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 is so, uh, often thought of as like like taste making, is often thought of as something you can't quantify, you can't understand. And are, do you try and bring some discipline to the to that area of marketing?
1: It's more of a strategic discipline than than scientific discipline, but it's okay. definitely a discipline because when you think strategically about, hey, if I'm a brand, how am going to um, say? stage a refresh or if i'm a new brand how am i going to launch so basically what i'm saying is like you have four c's content community collaborations and curation that's how you operationalize the behaviors that they're seeing on a consumer end in a sense like first you develop a specific editorial point of view the verbal and visual language for the brand because mm-hmm. the brands especially in the areas that i work fashion luxury beauty lifestyle you cannot succeed anymore unless you have a signature aesthetic so that is a core competitive point in a sense right. you need to develop a specific look because you can't really compete on price anymore you can't compete on the fashion genres anymore everything is a gigantic mishmash but you look at the feed the instagram feed what pops up are brands with specific aesthetics like Gucci, for example, like Ralph Lauren. When you see Ralph Lauren, you fucking know it's Ralph
0: yes Lauren, you right. know?
1: And then so that is one way. And then how do you how do you create cultural hooks in products from from a get go? What does that mean? That means how do you create something that reflects that signature aesthetic, but also is having an, a dialogue with the guys? Right, right. Then, yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay, I was gonna say, you, you, um, and I'm I'm jumping around a little bit on topic, but you're talking about you, you're working with all these luxury retail brands. Pre pandemic, right? We, we, we were, t- a lot of the conversation was retail is dying, the mall is gonna, you know, every, the malls are empty. What are these guys? You have to reinvent the entire uh, shopping has to be about experiences, it's gonna yes. change. Then obviously, stores were closed for a long time, everyone's habits have accelerated. Where it's very hard to sum up the future of retail, but where do things stand? And, and the categories you know well are you know are are, you, are we going to see a re, re, revitalization of physical stores? Totally re, reinvention? Are we? Is it all going to go e-commerce and DTC? Like, what's the state of retail now? If you can sum it up,
1: It's chaos.
0: <laughs> I gave you a very difficult question too. Uh,
1: it's you know it's it's a, it's a great question it's it's it is difficult but it's a great question because I think that people again uh, tend to think binary
0: mm-hmm.
1: physical or digital right or it's, it's going to
0: go one way that's great, it.
1: or it's not it, like what we're seeing is just becoming like people have hard time humans have hard time dealing with complexity overall right so we, we're really not wired to like for for, for we, we like simple situations is this person someone I'm going to kill or sleep with. That's like a <laughs> brain. Right, know, right. That works. So it's kind of like, am I going to shut down this store or am I going to drive to like, a like traffic right. to the store? It's like none. Non, I like, buy
0: something on Amazon, so I'll never shop in a store again. Like that's... Or,
1: you know, so it's, it's, not, it's not about that. First of all, ask, do you even need a store? Second, if you do need a store, what, what, what role is of that store? Is it right. like, is it a community gathering spot? Is it a brand showcasing? Is it something where you create content? Is it something where you just like, put the most valuable items, how do you localize all of that? So, so that, those are strategic nuances right. that that a lot of traditional retailers are not set up to address. So that's right. why they think, oh, closed stores that are not performing, they have a uh, Traffic, like I, they charge, what is the traffic per square foot? And it's like, well, it's really not real. Like that's not how you measure it anymore. You need to know what the engagement is, what is the social social resonance, how people talk about that, and and, and so on. And it's not even really, you even need to know how to connect what's happening in your social media, what is happening on your website, and what is happening in your stores, and Omnichannel is unbelievably hard. So it's, it's, it's and it requires having one data center and customer centric point of view. So there is a long, long, long way for retailers to go in, in, in sort of that sense. But I think that, that there has never been more fun to be in retail because the, while the traditional formats may, formats may be obsolete, there's so many ways to innovate.
0: Yeah. And it's changing all the time and it's and it's. Um, so it's if you're nimble,
1: if you're open, if you're sort of if you if you think about social commerce, if you think even social commerce is not so new anymore. It's like old school, like live streaming, yeah. blah. I think that, that 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 really blockchain and crypto is new. How you create one physical object and five digital Correct objects because you're mar- you get margins on, on digital objects as well you know what yeah, i mean sure. it requires you to really rethink how you make money what your business plan is in a right. sense if I'm, a, if I'm creating those five collectibles made linked to one physical object those who invest in collectibles can can also get money out from the physical object it's like insane the possibilities
0: right right so it's yeah it's it's maybe not for the faint of heart but it's a great time to be in retail if you want to do if you want to do amazing new things um, you mentioned the live streaming thing. I am still fascinated by this. And I was just reading YouTube is going to have a big, uh, live holiday shopping thing next week. And they're trying to dial up so- social commerce. It's obviously been a big thing with Walmart's done a lot of it, it's on TikTok. It's funny because when growing up, we're rough, I, I'm older than you, but you you, you remember, I, I, there was a time when people that there were, there were people that shopped on QVC and then the people that would never do that. And I'm curious, is that changing? Like, are, is the live shopping thing... First of all, I guess, why why is it such a big thing now? Because you would think it's we're in an on-demand time. And is it going to be a much broader appealing uh, kind of shopping than than maybe uh, we've seen on television 20, 30 years ago?
1: Right. I mean, like, like, I think that... Okay, so let's forget for the moment about the TV channel. At, okay. Overall. So let's go to China instead. Yep. So about like... When i started rebecca minkovic just like a while ago uh that it was like we're talking years ago and that's where really live streaming was massive in china but why what made it massive is not because there was any tv channel involved or anything like that but because the influencer would go at five in the morning to a certain store and just like a person would be like i love this i love this try on and so on so that's like very individually produced content Mm -hmm. so that's so everyone can have their own private or not like you know styling service and shopping service and the way that just the way that people consume videos it just happens that you can vary in 3d see the clothes, but you're gravitating towards a style of that particular person, towards that particular personality. Right. So, as you here, you had the channel and you have the, the standing host. You have a gazillion of those. I can tomorrow create like my own streaming channel and be like, Hey, look what's in my closet and this is how I'm going to style it and, 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 and so on. So yeah. And <laughs> if I'm not busy with, <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's a great idea. So in that sense, it's it's kind of that, that again goes back to that creator economy and to uh, streaming individual taste. I almost don't want to li- like live streaming because it's two people to literally understand. Right. It. Whereas it's just one format because TikTok commerce, I find infinitely more interesting.
0: Yes. Now, all right, let's talk about that actually because TikTok has this, um, they were presenting, I was at advertising a couple weeks ago and I, I had read about this, but they were presenting all these, crazy brands that have blown up on TikTok overnight in so many different categories like the uh, the example often is the um like a like a some obscure mascara brand from a department from a drugstore takes off and they can't it sells out and I, I was wondering just like what what do brands do with that like obviously they want to be on TikTok if if they're reaching that demographic and they want to push shopping but can anybody engineer the social commerce thing the way can can you can you can you force a viral thing like that to happen what 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 is your observation on on that on that phenomenon and what what brands can do about it?
1: Well, you can force anything if you spend enough money. <laughs> so that's the bot no. like spend millions and of course you know, but that's not the point because then you, you like all the while you keep spending, you're going to see results. The moment you stop spending, you stop seeing results. It's right. leaking buckets. What's the point? Right. So what you can really do as a brand is really find your most your thousand most fashion. Passionate fans, and then build a relationship with them. And then basically, you they tell you how they wear your clothes, or style them, or use your products, and they tell you and the audience. So, you basically just a provider in a way or or you're just a a member of that community or you're just someone who is on who is part of the relationship but you can't just like give stuff to influence i mean you can that's how influencers make money and how you spend money but what is more relevant is probably partnering with those who already reflect your specific look and your specific aesthetic right so there is already the same taste community. The they're same.
0: already a good ambassador by nature. You're not paying them. They already
1: are right. your most passionate fans, and what you can do for them and what they can do for you—that is a more organic relationship. And then you can say, "Hey, there is a TikTok commerce. So they're maybe showing how they style your stuff, but they're doing doing it in already way that they're they're already doing that, right? In a sense, you just amplify what they're doing,
0: right?" do you think our brands where there have been, there have been examples of bigger um, influencers that have, done lots of work, like you described for, for brands. And then all of a sudden they say, why don't I just start making my own products or why don't I partner with somebody and launch a brand?
1: thousand percent. And that's why I think that brands are making a big mistake of like desperately latching on to either a celebrity or desperately latching a oh, um, What's the following? What is the reach? So they're looking for a media buy. Literally.
0: Yeah. They think and of it. They so have that kind of mentality when they go in. Into-
1: of a media buy mentality. What is my reach? And there's like, well, you can have a massive reach, but zero influence. Right. So. If I like, it would be, it would make much more sense for brands to invest in their own presence on TikTok and build the content that is native to the platform, Mm -hmm. that is native to people who are there, attract your fans that you already have, and then grow from there. But create your own programming, your own content studio, your own sort of that live streaming or whatever you're doing, other than paying someone. Own it rather than buy. It.
0: You need to kind of live that medium a little bit to really get, get, get it, get it, understand it and get good at it rather than just, you know, kind of popping in and out.
1: Well, that's like, it, it's not a part of a media mix. It has to be really like your, 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 your organic outlet, how you connect, yeah. how you build a relationship with your customers in an organic way on that particular platform and how you treat it above all as your e-commerce channel, as your right. commerce channel.
0: Not just trying to, so, how do I get media um I want to ask you something about else about the retail category you know again pre-pandemic a couple years ago and I think this continued to be true there was so much excitement about the there's a million DTC brands coming out in every category and they're challenging the incumbents and you know the narrative was that big brands were kind of screwed because they didn't have they had to deal with the economics of distribution and they didn't have first party data and then they didn't know their customer the pandemic kind of made everybody become really good at At first-party data or e-commerce, or seemingly made that. Is there still this? Is this is there still the DTC versus legacy brand battle going on, or is that is that being reshaped? How do you see that playing out right now?
1: Well, again, I think that DTC is a growth strategy. It's not a category of brands. So, if you have DTC strategy, that means okay, proximity to your customers, investment on particular mm-hmm. point of view and aesthetic, invested in content community, community management, content collaborations, curation. So, these are all the practices that DTC pioneered, but they are not unique to that category. So, to answer your question, market is a great equalizer. So, in order to grow and in order to to get scale you need mass distribution so basically Mm -hmm. you need to be on a shelf of target or or walmart or 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 whatever you can never grow at the same on the time on a vc time horizon organically
0: there's a natural ceiling that you're going to hit if you don't start making those kind of moves
1: absolutely and i mean that's not to say that why do all brands need to grow to to hundreds of millions like i i don't understand that part Right is that we see logic grow 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 and then they grow like like genetically modified food you know you have gigantic apple that right. tastes like shit, you know <laughs> sort of like why not stay the small size but have a very devoted audience and have the the subculture and the niche of your customers and have a lifestyle business. What is wrong with a lifestyle business? So that's one thing. But if you do decide to grow, 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 then inevitably there is going to be a mass established practices of production distribution sales marketing right. they're going to buy a tv ad and we're seeing that with the biggest dtc brands already i mean they're all manufacturing in china or most of them are not locally because that's cheaper it's all it, it is same economic logic for as, as for any brand is like you reduce yeah. your cost and increase margin
0: right we recently saw this with casper's numbers came out they were they were so hot for a long time and then there's a real flaw you there. You
1: See that 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 hotness is hype
0: mm-hmm. because
1: you can marketing doesn't build a brand, right? Marketing can help people.
0: You can make a lot of noise, floor,
1: right? But you, you the numbers need to be there in terms of your product, in right. terms of your product sales. And Casper had a genius brand strategy. It's just that it was way bigger than 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 their actual market. Instead of investing, growing slowly in that market, I mean, I don't know how much of that is pressure, external pressure versus internal choice, but at the same time, it's, it's marketing has become a synonym for business success.
0: Yeah. Ideally,
1: those two things would go hand in hand.
0: But they're not exactly the same
1: thing, No, even when you look at certain very successful brands that have all the PR disasters because their internal culture was never able to grow so quickly. That is also an emphasis, not much less to say when they go and they file IPO and then they, they they nose dive.
0: Right. I want to ask you. You were working with Banana Republic and lots of other big brands you mentioned in different categories. I don't know how much I don't I don't associate you with like programmatic ad buying and stuff like that. But I wonder how much you know. The last couple of years we've talked about how everyone is trying to figure out. Well, we used to target people. Using cookies, and we didn't care about privacy, and we, and we used you know, identities from Apple, and when, and now everything's kind of changing. It's gonna be, it's much harder to target people. What the hell do we do? Uh, what was that? What were you? Was that a you know like? I think we treated it like it's just it was this crazy crisis. Was that causing panic among CMOs that you talked to? Was that a real like, oh my God, what do we do with, what is our business now? What was that, what has that been like from the conversations you were a part of?
1: That's one of those things that you need to manage that that the CMO needs to basically understand and manage. And at the same time, it's also a creative exercise because at the end of the day, there is no such thing as free lunch. Right and that was that realization that okay we now need to restructure and rethink our, our budgets and now we are talking about the zero party data which i'm not sure you know uh, but at the same time it's kind of like oh it makes a lot more sense to own the customer data than yep. to use that so that is where, where it comes what i said a little bit In the beginning, their membership programs, their loyalty programs, their rewards programs become infinitely more important in marketing budget and in the media budget, as well as being very rigorous and disciplined with understanding what you get from your media device and how do you reinvest into your own properties.
0: Right. And how do you yeah, capitalize like the all of the
1: existing it. customers?
0: Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Um, I want to make sure yeah, I wanna- how
1: you, want to capitalize more on your all of the existing customers. Right. So that is where the attention shifted more. Let's see who we have in our database and who is active, who is not active, how to make active, you know, inactive active again and how we sort of diversify the offering the content segment those databases rather right. than like following people around the web yeah like well presumably,
0: presumably it led to more respect for your customers and treating them a little bit better instead sort of chasing exactly. them around right
1: absolutely exactly exactly because yes there are results but as, as i always said is like the more money you spend the better results you get up to a certain you know like you can spend Tens of millions of dollars, of course, you're going to you know, be everywhere,
0: right? I want to make sure we're going really to
1: comes to conversion. Conversion doesn't always you get the least valuable customers. So I think there is also that reckoning about the who, who are mo- who are our most valuable customers right. and then. If we want to have, if you want to meet short-term numbers, yes, we're going to get through promotions and sales, and they're going to convert once. But, but those time.
0: are not our long-term customers. Yeah, it's and not the same thing. That's
1: not how you make money in the long term.
0: That's not the long game. I want. I want to make sure I ask you about your book. I think I want to say uh, your your la- your latest book came out about a year ago. Can you can you talk about why you wrote it, what you're what you're trying to explore there, and maybe what what are, what's what's been the response so far in the in the market?
1: It has been great. I mean, when the book was published, it was number one in business marketing on on Amazon, and it's still going strong. And you know what really makes me um, uh, sort of realize that, that 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 book really serves a very particular purpose is that it's one of those uh, slow burners. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes, there was a like big big when when I was marketing it like crazy, there was a big spike and it was all of that, but then. It's it found its audience, and that's what you want. You kind of it's it's still relevant. It's going to be relevant for the next few years. Sure. So when it finds the audience of those who are among very different targets, so startup founders, brand managers, established corporations, fashion brands, observers, trend forecast. There is like a number of different audiences, and I'm still getting sort of notes. How much that that thinking helped them think about launching their own brand or managing their brands or doing strategy, even being in agencies. So in that sense, it's it sort of assumed the life life of its own, which is which is fantastic because that that's what you want. You want to have that audience base, that word of mouth. Because right. I didn't do a side of initial promotion. That's I did. Yeah,
0: you're not going on the Today Show with something like that. You're not getting that kind of. Prefer- I
1: wish. I mean, I wish. But I'm saying I was Someday. not. You know, I was not buying ads. I was not <laughs> yeah, like right, right, right. Not talking about it. You know, I moved on. It's like this was done. Move on. Do other things. You know.
0: How long do they take you? And when's your next one?
1: Oh, I'm. I'm. I. I think I already have a next one.
0: Really? Can you a, talk yeah. about it yet? Or are you still thinking about the focus?
1: I think it's like first one was uh, understanding the aspirational economy, what it is in terms of consumer behavior, and in terms of how brands can capitalize on 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 that consumer behavior. So it was like, what does social influence mean? How do what are the types of social influence? How trends spread through society? Why? What what is taste? How can brands? build a strategy around taste, why are membership programs more important than loyalty, and so on. So there was a lot of um, behavioral economics and basically just human psychology, and then how our social behavior, how we signal our status connected with very specific brand strategies. So that it was a very practical book. So I'm thinking about building upon that, and then now taking a step back and looking it more from business perspective, which means how do you win in aspirational mm. market? Right. Knowing that you can go micro or 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 macro that you can go internal or external, like showing off or showing off through your self-actualization and 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 whatnot. And what is that taste map? What is that flex commerce? Like, how do we buy now? How do we uh, show off uh, our knowledge, our taste, our being plugged in, belonging to a certain community, and so on? And then, what are certain brand models of growth? Is it galaxy model? Is it reverse pyramid? Is it a diamond? So it's more on the on the on the business strategy side of how why brands are important for one in this sure. VC dominated, you know, brand innovation, company innovation, mm-hmm. market, and then how to grow to different different scenarios.
0: Well, you've got a lot of rich material to work with right now, considering the, what's going on. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the next one. Uh, let's close on this one, because I, I want to let you go here. If, if there, do you have any advice for the brand that, that you, like that probably heard maybe if they heard the beginning of this conversation they were like oh my god should i get i wasn't i'm not ready in nfts i don't even understand blockchain what do i do do you have advice for those marketers that know they probably need to get knowledgeable fast
1: absolutely they need to talk to me
0: (laughs) reach out to you and you'll you'll help walk them through this
1: absolutely absolutely
0: well that that's a great note to end on. thank you so much for your time on the great great conversation as always and and good luck with with your next couple adventures
1: Thank you very much,
0: Mike. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to my guest this week, Anna Angelic, veteran CMO and author of the book, The Business of Aspiration. And of course, my partners at AppSlyer. If you like this episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing.